Coming up on Transformers University, we're going to fight a giant plant and check out an explosion on Mars. It's all right now as we cover the Headmasters cartoon on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode 121 of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner-operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Toy Archive, this podcast, TFU News and Views podcast, and oh, so much more. I want to welcome you to the long-awaited 121st episode of Transformers University. Uh, if you go back a couple episodes on uh, TFU News and Views, I explained a little bit what the delay was on uh, Transformers University. Uh, these particular Headmaster cartoon episodes uh, do take a while to put together. So, I'm not going to talk too much about that process. You can check out the News and Views episode if you really want to hear about it. I'm going to hop right into what we're going to talk about today, and that is episodes 13, 14, and 15 of Transformers Headmasters. Of course, we will talk about the dubs, we will talk about the subs, and we will talk about all the silliness and fun and story that we have here. And episode 13 is called Head On Fortress Maximus. We start with the Headmaster Autobots, and they are bored in space. Space! On Earth, a, uh, a giant plant erupts from the ground in San Francisco. The plants are attacking people! They're killing people! And yes, the plants are killing people. Ultra Magnus sends in the Technobots, the Aerobots, and the Trainbots to rescue people. But also there is Bruticus. I've been waiting for you for a very long time. Die! Ryden and Bruticus fight in a little bit of a uh, lightsaber battle. And uh, Metasaur also shows up. Ultra Magnus radios the Headmaster Autobots, and 311, they are ready to fight. Back on Cha'ar, we find Scorponok basking in his planned success, uh, the plant, that is, and uh, the Headmaster Autobots sense that this plant is a trap. Back on Athena, or Sydney, as the dub calls it, Daniel is checking on his gardening. A flower sprouts out of the ground, uh, just like the one on Earth, and Wheelie has an opinion. These are evil flowers! And of course, they can't stop the plant, so they flee. Back on Earth, the Headmaster Autobots arrive and uh, fight Flower with Flower? No. <laughs> they fight the Flower, and the Headmaster uh, Decepticons also arrive. Uh, the Flower is out of control and attacks uh, Exposition Base on Athenia. The plant on Earth, that plant attacks the Headmaster's the headmaster bots ship it downs the ship and uh, the autobots get shot out by the decepticons on the ship cerebros is uh, able to pull out the master sword from the computer console this transforms the ship uh, which looks a lot like fortress maximus into a robot called fortress maximus and now we learn about the master sword Master Sword is the king of all swords. Only a man of justice and integrity is able to use it. And he was to use superpowers. And after using it, he would become very weak for a time. Fortress Maximus takes down the uh, Manning plant by cutting it down. Uh, and then back on Sydneya, that plant explodes. And the Headmaster Autobots return to Exposition Base. The end. Um, not a lot of meat in this episode. Kind of your monster of the week sort of episode doesn't necessarily push the plot along uh but it was fun uh it was, it was a fun little romp 
Uh, nice to see some of these characters animated. The, the big plot point here is that Fortress Maximus makes his first major appearance in this series. But that will lead into what we're going to talk about in the next two episodes. And then we'll just get right to it. Episode 14, Explosion on Mars. Maximus is in danger. That's the official title. Now, the Shout Factory version would call this Explosion on Mars. Fortress Maximus is in danger. Or as the Omni Productions dub calls it. Mars explodes. Watch out, Fortress Maximus. Yes, watch out, Fortress Maximus, because we're going to begin on Mars. Mars is the fourth largest planet in the solar system. It is more than 50% bigger than Earth. Now, both of those statements are totally false. Mars is not uh, the fourth largest planet, nor is it 50% bigger than Earth. In fact, it is 50% smaller than Earth, and it is the second smallest planet in the solar system. So, uh, good job on Omni Productions for not doing any sort of uh, scientific research, much less understanding the translation of what they had. Why is Mars important? I don't know, but we just watch it blow up. Uh, the Decepticons blow it up. Wait a minute. Statue of Liberty. That was our planet! You maniacs! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! <laughs> Only we find out that's just a simulation, and the Decepticons have plans. Now, their plan is to blow up Mars and gather all the energy from the explosion. Uh, Daniel Wheelie and Spike are, happen to be on Mars on a geological survey with uh, the train bots. There is an explosion at the South Pole of Mars, and uh, the train bots, Daniel, Wheelie, Spike, they all go to investigate, and they spot Hunger and Ripper Snapper. They relay this to Ultra Magnus, who then sends the Technobots to Mars, uh, but they get attacked by Trypticon on Earth, before they can even get off of Earth. Metroplex and Sixshot will join that fight. And in Ultra Magnus of viewing this fight, there is a Jazz scene uh, at one of the controls. This is actually the final appearance of Jazz in the cartoon. Oh, yes. Now on Mars, Spike is being attacked by uh, the Predacons, uh, along with some of the other train bots, as the Autobot headmasters arrive to help them. Elsewhere, Daniel, Wheelie, and Shoki are still spying. And Shoki gets shot in the back as Wheelie and Daniel get captured by the Terracons. The Headmaster Autobots with Spike defeat Predaking, but Daniel and Wheelie are in jail. And while they're in jail, they hear the Terracons talking uh, with the Headmaster Decepticons, and they learn of the plan to blow up Mars. And in this, Daniel pictures the after effects. Daniel and Wheelie picture the uh, the effects of an exploding Mars and what that would do to Earth and debris and things flying to Earth. And one of the images in here, which is um, kind of disturbing years after, is that one of the images is Mars debris hitting the Twin Towers and destroying the World Trade Center. So almost like a, a foreshadowing of real-life events. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of messed up in some ways. And back on Earth, Metroplex defeats Trypticon, Sixshot defeats Computron, and now 311, these two are ready to fight each other. In jail, Daniel and Wheelie uh, fake a fight with each other. Uh, this is to, to throw off the guards. And what happens is Wheelie takes Daniel's Autobot symbol off his exosuit and throws it into the bars, which shorts out the bars enough to send a radio signal because of the 
I guess, because of the Autobot symbol, um, to give Spike their location. The Headmaster Autobots then go and rescue uh, Daniel and Wheelie, and Wheelie informs them of the Mars plan. The Headmaster Autobots then inform Cerebros. Cerebros takes the Fortress Maximus ship to Mars uh, with RC and Carly. Where were they this whole time? They had missed the train to Mars due to being out there counting stars. She thinks she missed the train to Mars. She's out back counting stars. And the Headmaster Autobots uh, fight the Headmaster Decepticons. The Autobots, they want the location of the bombs, and eventually Skullcruncher gives it up. Ah, all right, I'll talk. It's right inside the mud hole, you see. No, no, don't worry. That word was mud hole. Uh, <laughs> I certainly did not hear mud hole the first two times I listened to that. Uh, but it turns out the mud hole is a trap, and the Autobots are surrounded by guns and keep getting shot until Fortress Maximus arrives. Uh, Cerebros tries to pull the Master Sword out of uh, the computer to transform Fortress Maximus, but uh, doesn't do it at first because it's not the right time. Eventually, he is able to and uses the sword to defeat the Decepticon's defenses. But the sword is drained, and so is Cerebros. And that ends part one. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. As we go on to episode number 15, Explosion on Mars, Mega Zarak appears. The official title, and it's kind of a part two, right? Because the other one was also Explosion on Mars. The Shout Factory version is Explosion on Mars, Scorponok appears. And of course, then there's the Omni Productions version. Mars explodes. The Scorpion appears. Now, before we get into episode 15, uh, one thing I failed to talk about for episode 14 that I'd like to mention here, plus also carries over into episode 15, is the opening title sequence. Now, it doesn't change drastically, but uh, the title sequences for this, and it's in the Shout Factory DVDs, um, feature flickering Decepticons. Uh, they, they kind of flicker uh, like the contrast is being turned up on them uh, over and over. And so what that was part of is actually part of a, a promotional tie-in with um, a toy called the Video Challenger Light Gun System. And so uh, kids had this gun, and they could uh, point it at the screen and try to shoot the flashing Decepticons, very similar to uh, the Zapper on an, any, an old NES system. And so um, 
this thing would uh, pick up uh, the signal and then uh, give you points. And so uh, if you shot the Decepticons more than they shot you, you got a point total on that light gun. Uh, that light gun was later distributed uh, in Canada as, uh, as the video challenger. And then in North America... Uh, as part of the Captain Power line. Uh, big shout out to TF Wiki for all that information as well. So the gun itself is called the Challenge Blaster, and, and Daniel actually carries one um, in the show and is sometimes seen playing the game uh, in front of a television. So from the theme song into the episode, we find out that Fortress Maximus is drained of energy, uh, stranded on Mars. We also find out that Brainstorm and Highbrow are being repaired and are badly injured, and the bombs are ready to go, and so is Zarek. I'm gonna blow up Mars together with Fortress Maximus. And so he fantasizes about blowing up Mars with uh, Fortress Maximus on it. The remaining Headmaster Autobots, Chrome Dome and Hardhead, find uh, the Decepticons planting the third bomb. Meanwhile, over at Exposition Base, uh, RC and company send over the robot train, that is the train bots, uh, to Mars. Now, there's a really cool transformation sequence here of, of watching the train bots turn into trains and then combine uh, as the robot train. Now, the fight on Mars continues, and uh, eventually the robot train gets there and Raiden joins in. Uh, the Headmaster Decepticons are ordered back to uh, base, uh, the Scorpion base at this point, and uh, they report back to Ultra Magnus. Everybody reports back to Ultra Magnus, and he sends Twincast to spy on the Decepticons. Uh, he uses Steeljaw and Rewind to attack the base, uh, which is being guarded by Dirge and uh, Thrust. And Dirge has this amazing observation. Hey, the enemy's here! And with that, Rewind and Steeljaw sneak in, and they find out Sixshot and a bunch of Decepticons are headed to Char uh, for a big meeting. So Twincast and his friends, uh, they, they follow Sixshot to the space bridge, wait for him to go up, and then hitch a ride on the space bridge themselves up to Char uh, to go check out the meeting. There, um, Zarek reveals what he has been working on. This is my work of art. It's finally completed. This is the Scorpion. And for us uh, fans in the West, uh, it is Scorponok. Uh, so uh, the Scorponok transtector, the body is called uh, Megazarek. In Japan, it's called uh, the head is called Zarek, and for us in on in the West, it was Scorponok. And our narrator explains a bit more. The new weapon that Scorponok has been talking about is the Scorpion, a massive defense base which can be transformed into a battleship. It's now heading towards Jolo. And with that, Soundblaster decides what the Decepticons should do. Let's go and welcome Scorponok now. Yeah. yeah. Come on. But on his way out, he spots Twincast and the two fight. And then we have this great cassette fight with uh, Steeljaw and Rewind and Ramhorn and Rumble, the yellow one. Uh, there is a miscolored Rumble uh, character model here. It's yellow and black. It's really cool. Why, why that hasn't been made into a toy yet, I don't know. But someone should really start banging the drum for that. The Autobots escape just as Scorponok arrives. On Mars, Cerebros finds out about Scorponok's existence and vows to destroy him and uh, gets a message from Chrome Dome about the bomb's location. Commander! Commander! We've discovered where they planted the bombs! Really? Raiden and Abominus continue their fight on Mars as Zarek heads to Mars with Scorponok. The Headmaster Autobots begin to defuse the bombs and Brainstorm and Highbrow rejoin as Scorponok arrives. Scorponok sends the Headmaster Decepticons to check on the bombs. The Headmaster Autobots then are uh, distracted fighting Scorponok, uh, the battle station, and uh, Raiden joins into that fight. 
Fortress Maximus stuck in his base mode. I uh, can't do a thing about it. So Scorponok transforms into robot mode and starts stomping on Fortress Maximus. Scorponok's new weapon is transformed from a scorpion into a massive robotic fighter, and it's pounding heavily on Fortress Maximus. <laughs> Fortress Maximus has no energy left to fight back. He can only sit there and wait to die. <laughs> well, Fortress Maximus, aren't you going to fight back? Then... Scorponok gives the order to blow up Mars. And, of course, he's going to speechify. Fortress Maximus, do you hear that noise? Soon Mars will vanish from the universe. <laughs> and you won't get any more energy from it. Because today you're going to die. Say your last prayers. Goodbye! And with that, Zarek and Scorponok and the Decepticons flee, and the planet begins to explode. Cerebros, he's deciding he's going to go down with his ship, his Fortress Maximus ship. Um... And all of a sudden, the ship has some energy. The energy generated by the explosions has been absorbed by Fortress Maximus's battle station. So what happens? Mars explodes and Fortress Maximus escapes in robot mode uh, to uh, fight the Decepticons. But the Decepticons flee. Uh, the Autobots are sad. And Mars, as we know it, is gone. And with that, we wrap up a lot of the major plot points uh, in Headmasters uh, from the beginning of the season, from the construction of Scorponok. Uh, no mention of what, what the Beast Planet folks are doing now that they've finished building uh, Scorponok. Um, the mysterious uh, Zarek Scorponok figure uh, has essentially been revealed. Fortress Maximus has been revealed. All the things they've been leading up to here all culminate by the end of this episode, um, leaving the show to wonder where it's going to go next, right? Um, overall, this is, this is kind of an important two-parter for the series. And I mean, might be the, the really big, most worthwhile two-parter, but it's also a second planet that has gotten blown up. First Cybertron, now Mars. What's next? How many more planets get blown up in the series? I don't know. I've never watched it. So, uh, follow along with me and we will find out. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. And with that, we will wrap up episode 121 of Transformers University. I hope it was worth the wait. Next time on the show, we're going to skip away from uh, Headmasters episodes for a little bit, and we're going to talk about online fandom and merchandise in 1987. And I don't know how much online fandom there was in 87, uh, but we'll dig around and see what we can find. And then uh, there were most certainly uh, a lot of pieces of merch in 87 uh, in the U.S., in Japan. We'll talk about uh, the most interesting stuff. I don't know if we'll talk about all of it, but we'll find out the most interesting, weird, wacky stuff that we can find and, and, and bring it to you in episode 122 of Transformers University. So until then, I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner-operator, 
madman behind tfu.info. Till next time, see ya.